Great. Uh, good morning once again. If you are joining us online or in the building here and uh, uh, you were uh, not able to join us on time this morning, I just wanted to say hi again. A very warm welcome. It's great to see you. Great to have you with us. And uh, I'm going to jump right into our message for the morning. Uh, and uh, as I've just been stirring during the course of this week, I've really felt God has given me a message that's, that's key for our season we're in right now. Um, and then uh, I had some incredible experiences yesterday, which really just cemented that even further. And so I'm excited for what God wants to do in and through us this morning. I want to encourage you to open your heart. Uh, the, the, the Scripture talks about um, the, the words of God falling on rocky places where, where they don't take root and they don't, the, the seed doesn't get an opportunity to germinate. Maybe it's a hard-heartedness on our part. Maybe it's, a, uh, it's just we're in a place where we just actually don't know if we can believe right now, and so there's just such a lack of hope. Uh, maybe you're just in a place where you're saying, well, I don't know that I've seen God come through before, so why should it be any different now? Maybe you don't even know Jesus as your Lord and Savior this morning. And if you're joining us in the building or you're online, I, I want to challenge you this morning to, I, I dare you, <laughs> I'm going I'm to double dare you, <laughs> okay, to open up your heart and your mind to just believe that maybe this time there could be something different. Because I know that my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, is the King of kings, the Lord of lords, and without Him, I don't know that I would even be alive here today. And I look around this room at my friends, and I know for many of you looking in today, that, that many of us, I, I feel like literally we would be dead today. <laughs> and for others of us, we would certainly not be in a place of joy and hope that we are today. I'm not saying life is easy. Life is still hard, but we have a joy and a hope in Christ Jesus that we never had before. I want to speak a little bit more about this today. I, I'm sure that you've heard in, in recent times and years gone by as well of, of countries that, that have a disagreement with each other. And often when you look at history, it starts as something really small and insignificant, uh, but, but often ends up in full-blown war. But one of the first things that happens in, in times like this and, and even in recent news, if there's a bit of a spat between two countries, what's the first thing that happens? They summon the ambassador, they tell him to pack his bags and leave the country. They close embassies down. And basically what they do is they take the footprint of that country and they say, be gone. We don't want you here. And there's something about this. The first thing that happens, that opposition is against that ambassador. The interesting thing is the Bible uses this concept of ambassadors as well. It speaks about it, and Paul references it, and, it, and in Paul's particular case, he speaks about ambassadors for Christ, and, and um, he uses this analogy because it was an analogy that could have been easily understood in the day. It was the time when the Roman occupation was happening, and, and the Roman Empire was all about imposing their culture, their ways of life, their ruling structures, schools, um, colleges, government structures, etc., imposing any, the, anything that they had as the best on any culture that they came into. And so they had these representatives, they had the uh, ambassadors, and they had a group of people that they would call the ecclesia, which was basically people of multi-levels of skills, and um, from engineers to teachers to uh, um, 
workers in the fields, government leaders, etc. And, the, and that, that Greek word was ekklesia. And, and they would establish this group of people. There would be an ambassador. And it was all about bringing and imposing the culture of Rome forcefully. And Paul takes this analogy and he, and he uses this word ambassador. And he says, um, actually, I, I want you to think of that, that phrase, ambassador. But, but he says in 2 Corinthians 5 verse 20, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God were pleading through us. We implore on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. So Paul takes this concept, which in many ways was a negative concept, and he takes it and he turns it and he says, actually, hang on, let's look at this from a kingdom perspective. The Greek word that is translated into our English word ambassador is presbuo. And um, interestingly enough, it's also the root word for presbyteros, which is where we get the word elder or bishop or essentially leader in the church. But what Paul's saying is that this, this presbuo, this ambassador or presbyteros, the leader within the church, actually there's the same measure of all. There's the priesthood of all believers. There's the actually what is expected of the pastor from a kingdom perspective is expected of us all. Be ambassadors for Christ. Do you know what that word presbuo means in English? It means to act as a representative. Now, I, you might have thought I said that word a little bit funny, a representative. But I'm saying it because look at the root of that word, represent. We are called to represent heaven. Ambassadors, ecclesia, we're called to represent heaven. Rome. What is our modern day definition of an ambassador? It's, it's the highest ranking representatives of their governments abroad, and their primary responsibility is to what? Represent and work towards the best interests of their government or head of state. Now, put a kingdom perspective on this, all right? That is the dictionary definition in today's world of an ambassador. Ambassadors are the highest ranking representatives of heaven. Look at your neighbor and say this. You are the highest ranking representative of heaven. That, that's quite a statement, isn't it? And, and then it goes on to say, it's like, well, okay, wow, that's great. But then it goes on, it says this, their primary responsibility, oh no, here it is. I don't like responsibilities that come with this. But the primary responsibility is what? To represent. Represent heaven. It's not about me and how good I am. It's representing heaven. And working towards the best interests of their government or head of state. Working towards the best interests of heaven on earth. What did Jesus say? This is how you should pray. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's powerful. Interesting thing about ambassadors, they are not elected. It's not by popular vote. It's not about who can play the best political game and win the democratic elections. It's, it's actually 
a huge honor to be chosen as one and sent abroad. Often ambassadors are unknown and not even perceived to be powerful people, except when they go and they set foot in another country, they come with the full equipping and the backing of their home country, the military power, the economic power, the government rule. They are the full epitome and representation of that. Everything behind them comes with them as they step on that foreign soil. And the same is true for you and me, friends. We are the carriers of the full weight of heaven. Let that sink in for a moment. I, I, I tell you why this is so important. It might feel like it's elementary to some of us, but I, I honestly believe that we, we don't get the full extent of this because if we did, I think we'd be living quite differently. Oh, I pray this sinks in this morning deeply. It's not about you. <laughs> it's not about me. It's not about how good I am or good you are. It's about an authority that we stand in and a responsibility through that authority. The thing is, we, just as an ambassador on earth, were given an enormous honor and a responsibility when God called us and chose us to follow Him. And, and we might say, who am I? And, and what do I have to offer? Well, 1 Corinthians 1 verse 26 says in the, in the NLT, it says, Remember, dear brothers and sisters, that few of you were wise in the world's eyes, or powerful, or wealthy when God called you. Whew, I'm, I'm fitting into the majority. Because apparently only a few were wise enough for this. Another translation says, Brothers and sisters, consider your calling. That's our calling. Not many were wise from a human perspective, not many powerful and not many of noble birth. So guess what, friends? Every one of us qualify. So let, let's just go back a step here. That, that's what it is to be an ambassador. What, is a, what about a, an ambassador for Christ? And that's a great question. And I want to start with this. The writers of the New Testament, right throughout Scripture, but especially the New Testament, they focused on so many major themes. There was the theme of becoming like Christ. There's things like how to treat each other well and live well in community. And I want to just take a moment and reflect on what Dell shared with us last week. If you weren't here, if you weren't listening in, if you didn't get it, it's online. Church family, I believe it's been one of the most foundational words that we've had in a while in the life of the church. Please go and listen to it. Please take notes because I tell you what, if every one of us just takes something out of that message and and, and applies it, our lives will change forever. There's messages throughout the Scriptures about how to live well in the world, how to receive healing and deliverance, how to walk in the presence of God, how to live out our call in Christ, how to deal with anxiety and, and stress and all of these things. There's so many keys to godly living in the Scriptures. But, but the one thing in and through all of these things that we do see that God emphasizes over and over again is a statement that we've come to know that says this, be in this world but not of the world. So let me ask this question, what in the world does that mean? That's a great question. And I'm not even going to try and answer this, I'm going to let the scripture speak for itself. Romans 12 verse 1 and 2 says this, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, and the therefore is in view of God's mercy and His goodness 
I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. That's step number one. Give all of me to Him. Holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. I want to just comment on that holy and pleasing to God. It's not about our behavior. It's not about how well we're doing. We are declared holy and pleasing to God because we have been covered by the blood of Christ. Period. It's nothing to do with me. Thank the Lord. And then it says this, do not. This is not a suggestion. Hey, friends, this might be a good idea. Just, just saying, no, this is an instruction. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. John 17, verse 14 through 16. I have given them your word. This is Jesus speaking. I've given them your word, and the world has hated them, for they are not of the world any more than I am of the world. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but as you protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of it. What, what is Jesus talking about? And we, we know the concept of being born again. The truth of it is, when, when I, as an ambassador, if I were to leave our country and go to another country, I am a foreigner in that country. And as an ambassador, I am even more an, as a foreigner than anyone else there, because I am not there as a visitor, I am there as a representative of that nation. In fact, I don't even fall under the laws. I'm going to come back to that in a minute. But I don't even fall under the laws of that country. I have to obey the basic, the basic laws, but, but actually I'm protected by my country. That's, that's what God says. And, and so Paul goes on and he keeps on explaining this. And in, in in, uh, when he's with the church in Philippi, he, he says this in Philippians 3 verse 20. Friends, our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus. In other words, we do not claim citizenship of this world, and though we are currently living here, it is a, it is a temporary home, like an ambassador. And when I say temporary home, I mean, friends, you and I live here. We, we work here. We own homes here. We, we send our kids to school here. We, we live in our neighborhoods. We, we live as if this is our home. But in the biggest scheme of eternity... This is just a blip on the radar. This is not it. And that's what Paul's referring to. Our citizenship is that of heaven. You know, I, I had the amazing privilege. Well, I, let, me, let me just uh, share this with you. I, I carry a passport that says the Republic of South Africa on the front. And this gives me full rights as a citizen of that nation. But it also gives me responsibilities. And... I was born into this. this. This was my right from the day I was born. But then I had the most amazing privilege of my life, and I got to be received in this nation as a citizen. And so I carry this passport as well. And it's a profound, profound gift. And as I was in that swearing-in ceremony, and I got to stand for the first time as a citizen and sing our national anthem. I could not hold back. I just wept at the incredible goodness of God and the privilege of being able to become a Canadian citizen. And in the middle of all of that, God caught my heart and he said, 
you think that's good. <laughs> You're a citizen of heaven. And I, I just want to get our thinking going here, friends. If, it's, if that's good, if having that little book that says I'm a citizen of this great nation is good, what is it to be a citizen of heaven? Do you, do you and I fully grasp the, the enormity and the, the incredible goodness of that? And not only am I a citizen of heaven, but I am, I am honored as an ambassador of heaven. Are, we, are the gears turning yet, friends? Wow. I just want to come back to that. We're, we're in a season of life right now where there are so many laws being passed and this thing and that thing and wear a mask, don't wear a mask, gather together, don't gather together. And, and, and church, I, I want to acknowledge that this is a really tough time of life. Uh, and let, let me just take a moment and just unpack this a little bit further for us here because, you know, some of us are saying, well, well what do we listen to and what don't we listen to and what is... Uh, you know, what is honoring our government and what is not and what does that look like? And I want to just take a moment and, and speak into that for a second here. 1 Timothy 2 verse 2 says, pray for our leaders and honor them. It's our responsibility. And, and a little while ago, I was unpacking that and I said, friends, before we have opinions, before we have attitudes, before we have something to say, can we catch our tongues and ask ourselves, how much am I actually praying for my leaders? Do I even know the names of my leaders? Do I know the names of my mayor? of our tribal chiefs in the area, in the First Nations communities? Do I know the name of our prime minister's children? Maybe we need to just zip it for a little while and focus on praying for them. And then this, we're called to honor as well. But I want to say this, honor does not equal agreement. My best definition that I can come to with honor is, is if it was my wife and I, the best way I can honor my wife is to perceive who she is in Christ and to draw that out of her and to encourage her into that. And sometimes that's confrontational because if she's, it's very seldom this happens, but if she's walking in a way that is not true to who she is in Christ, and I recognize that the best way that I can honor her is to call her out in that and to say, Jen, it's not who you are in Christ. It's not what God sees in you. And I have to be prophetic and I have to be able to understand and see who he is. And guess what? Every one of us gets to walk that way. And that's the way we honor one another, friends. That's where we honor our leaders. God, who are they in you? And, the, and then we don't all have access to our prime minister on the end of our cell phones. Let's pray. And then I want to say this, friends, please, 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 please remember that the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of this world. In fact, 2 Corinthians 10, 4 to 5 says the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, the weapons we fight with have divine power to demolish strongholds, not just the little things going on, the strongholds behind the little things going on. Whoa, that's a whole nother level of weapon. That's Star Wars stuff, that. And then it goes on in verse 5. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Friends, if we understood the power of our prayer, 
If we understood the value of that, we would be so busy focusing on that, we wouldn't have time to worry about what's going on around us. Ambassadors go to another country, and they in some ways are above the laws of that country. Now, I'm not saying, please don't hear me, don't misquote this, I'm not saying we are above the laws, but there is a higher law that we are accountable to, and that is the law of God. Uh, Acts 5 verse 29, Peter and the other apostles stated the same when told not to teach in Jesus' name in Jerusalem anymore, telling the officers coming to arrest them, we ought to obey God rather than men. In other words, we will keep preaching. We will face the consequences of the law. So they didn't put themselves above the law, but there was a boldness and a courageousness in them that said, you know what, despite the law, we we come under God and we will preach the gospel. We will gladly face the consequences, but we will not be shut up. Do you see the difference there, friends? We have to pay taxes. We have to obey traffic laws. Just try not. See how that works out. And we have to keep from committing uh, anything that our, our basic laws of our land imply. But when, when man's law and God's laws conflict, our highest allegiance is always to God. Let me throw abortion in the mix here. Just one. I don't think I need to say anything more. Where'd... I just feel that's important for us to touch on, especially in the season of life we're in right now, friends. Before we have an opinion, before we argue, before we get drawn into all sorts of uh, whatever it might be that we get drawn into, let's pray. Jen's just said something that reminded me. Our little girl, is, she's just, um, just the, the, the world of make-believe and imagination is just so beautiful right now. And she says, Mom, we have a superpower. And we're like, what is the superpower? Prayer. How just from from the mouth of babes, hey? <laughs> Friends, we have superpowers. I want to just close off with sharing something with you, which was my experience yesterday. I had um, just such a wonderful privilege of heading up to Duncan and uh, joining my friends Robert and Mark, who are here this morning, uh, and um, and uh, it, it was a celebration of a baptism. But there's a there's just such an amazing story behind the baptism because when, when we put our hands up, friend, and, we, and we, we take a step out and we realize that our um, identity as citizens of heaven and, and our responsibility as ambassadors of heaven is a very real, very important thing. And when we live that out, guess what? There is fruit. And so my friend Robert, friends Robert and Mark here, uh, they... Um, I don't know how well you know them, and you may or may not, but, but Robert's been uh, really wrestling with some health issues of late. Marg's been wrestling with some health issues, um, and, and they've had a number of trials in their lives, and they could quite easily be sitting there, woe is me, and, and I'm sure they have their woe is me moments, just like we all do, but, but Robert holds on to a prophetic word that he was given many years ago that said the fruitfulness of your latter years will be more than these former years. And he's held on to that prophetic promise. And he, with tears in his eyes yesterday, said to me, I'm seeing it. Because I think just in the last 
few weeks, if I'm not mistaken, I think it's three people that you've led to Jesus. Because you're just going about life going, I, actually, I'm an ambassador. And I'm not going to shut up. I'm just going to tell what I need to tell. And, and um, our dear friend Trevor, who's part of our church community, Trevor gets born again, saved, and Robert just comes alongside him, not because anyone asks him, but because he's an ambassador, and he sees a brand new believer, and it's time to disciple him. <laughs> Amen? No one asked him. And he comes alongside, and one thing leads to another, and suddenly Trevor's father is listening in, and Trevor's father, Bill, comes under Robert's wing because you just don't say no to Robert. <laughs> and, and, and Bill meets Jesus, and he discovers that the best possible plan for his life into the future is to receive Jesus as his Lord and Savior. And Bill is an influential man in the First Nations community in Duncan. <laughs> oh, thank you, Jesus. And so Bill got baptized yesterday. And we were there to celebrate together, and it was such a beautiful moment. And Bill, just with this big smile on his face, he just says, it's the best day of my life. And, and while we were there, I met um, a, a, a pastor in town whose name is Anil. And Anil um, has just got the coolest story of his own, because watch how these paths intersect. <laughs> okay? So Anil... <coughs> Uh, because Bill lives in Duncan, uh, and Neil has become his disciple, his mentor. And, and, and so um, Robert, our dear friend here, had the wisdom to see different city. I'm not going to be able to. It's the priesthood of all believers. Let me get my friend and Neil, connect the two of them together, and boom. It's, are, are we hearing this, church? Okay. And so, and so Neil is just on fire. And, and I'm just loving watching this man preach. And, and I'm like, I, I got to go and talk with this guy afterwards. So we get chatting, and it turns out that Anil uh, moved to Duncan, and he got a job um, managing a warehouse or something. And because Anil knows that he's an ambassador of Christ, um, he had the opportunity to lead someone in the company to Jesus. Well, word got out a little bit, and guess what they did? They kicked the ambassador out. They said, nope. We don't like what you're doing here. And they fired him. And he went, oh, well, I'm not going to stop being an ambassador of Jesus. And so he just started gathering some people together that were people that he was leading to Jesus. And he didn't start out this way, but all of a sudden he looked back and he went, oh, I guess I've planted a church now. And so Bill is now connected in with Anil in his little church plant that's just beginning to flourish. And, and then there were eight baptisms yesterday. <laughs> and and there's, a, there's a, a young lady who was about 14 or 15, I think. And, and um, this young lady has an aunt. And the aunt for, uh, had met Jesus about a year before that. And... Um, and she had, from that moment on, been praying for her family. Who knows prayer changes everything? And, and so she had been praying for her family to be saved. And so this young lady, in the middle of what, where she's praying for salvation for her family, this young lady ends up needing to go to a, uh, a rehab program, etc., etc., because she gets herself in, in a bit of a mess, okay? And so can you imagine from the aunt's perspective, God... 
I'm praying for salvation, and now she's in a rehab program. How can this be? I don't know if I believe anymore. Well, young lady goes, and she gets saved. And she comes home and tells sister number one, sister number two, and mom, the entire family, about Jesus, and the entire family gets saved. And so yesterday, all of them were getting baptized, and Anil's church family has just grown. And there are more citizens of heaven, and there are more ambassadors. And I've got to tell you, friends, if you don't yet have Duncan in your heart, best you do it. <laughs> For years, our friends in Nanaimo and us have been talking, we need to plant a church in Duncan. We need to see something happening there. There's a darkness in that area. And God, I want to I encourage you, church family, pray for, for Anil this week. Pray for Bill. Pray for what's happening and what God is doing in the midst of a pandemic when everything's shut down and nothing's happening. Historically, the church has thrived more than ever when there is opposition against the church. Let's see what God is doing and not what He isn't doing. Amen? All right. There's a song that my friend Daryl introduced me to this week that has just undone me. And it's, it's called Pour Me Out. And I want to read these verses over us quickly. And then I want to encourage us to just stand together and we're going to receive from Jesus today. It says, make me a vessel of your peace. Where there is war, let fighting cease. All that divides us, come, reconcile us. Make me a vessel of your peace. Will you, will you join me in praying this together today? Make me a vessel of your love. Where there is hatred, break it up. All creeds and colors bind us together. Make me a vessel of your love. Pour me out. Wherever I go, wherever I am, pour me out. Make me a vessel of your hope. Where dreams are dead, come wake them up. A new horizon, I feel it rising. Make me a vessel of your hope. Let a rushing river, let mercy flow through my heart to my world. Pour me out. Pour me out. Dave, would you mind bringing those here? I, I want to encourage us, friends, especially when we're in the midst of a season that looks so busy and so full. Jen, can I get you up here to hold the microphone for me, please? In a season of life where you might feel overwhelmed and you might feel busy, you might feel like, I don't have enough. How can I ask God to pour me out? How can I even think about being this ambassador that he's called to me to be to impact my world and the nations? How, how can I pour out when there, there's nothing here? I, I want to challenge us, friends, that the easiest way to pour out is to be filled up. Because watch what happens is that when I allow myself to be filled up, and, and I just keep receiving and keep receiving. You know, you know what happens? I can't help but pour out because I don't have enough space to keep it all in. And, I, and I'm just receiving and I'm receiving. And guess what's happening? I'm not even trying, but I am pouring out and I'm pouring out and I'm pouring out. And I look at my friend Robert today and I just want to honor you as a, as a brother in this family to say thank you for just allowing God to do this. Because what's happening, friend, is this. It's pouring out. And I, I don't want to just single him out today, but I want to just say, friends, look what's possible 
there's a man here that has every reason to say, you know what, I'm done, I'm out. Could I invite us to stand together, please? I want to challenge you. I want to dare you this week to do something different. (laughs) I want to dare you (laughs) to say that if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, would you dare to give him time of day? If you've done it before, I dare you to do it again. (laughs) He is so good. He is so faithful that I know with full confidence that he will meet you where you're at. How do I know that with such surety? Because he did it for me. In fact, he did it for every one of my friends that knows and loves him. I want to challenge you today to do something different. Don't keep doing the same thing you've always done and expect different results. I want to challenge you today to take time to withdraw to be with Jesus, to allow your cup to be filled. Don't concentrate on being an ambassador. Don't concentrate on pouring yourself out. Don't concentrate on saying, Oh my goodness, I should be a better this or a better that. I should have done this with my neighbor. Don't do that. Please don't do that. Just open your heart to receive more of Him. Take half an hour a day. Take an hour a day. And commit yourself to say that that is God time. Whether it's just worshiping, whether it's reading the Word, whether it's praying, whether it's just being quiet and listening, give God some of your time this week. And if you say you don't have time, church, I want to say to you, you don't have time to not do this. Let him pour into you and watch your life change. Guaranteed. I want to challenge us this morning to receive from God, to ask him, what is it that I need to make the adjustments in in my life this week? So wherever you're at right now, would you just join me and you personally have access to the King of Kings as a citizen of heaven. You have the full rights of heaven, the full backing of heaven to say, God, meet me where where I'm at and please walk with me this week and show me and help me, give me boldness and courage to make the changes I need to, to receive more of you. And as I receive more of you, Jesus, I just know that I can't hold it in. It's got to pour out at some point in time. So, Father, we open our hands, our hearts, our eyes, our ears to receive from you this morning. And we just thank you, Jesus, for all that you're doing in our lives.